Good morning on the West Coast and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dyes, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of EloquentOnline.net in beautiful, sunny New Braunfels, Texas, Republic there. I think this is week three or four of the Chinese flu quarantine, and if you're like me, you've probably spent more time than even before, which was probably too much, as it was perusing the social media feeds. I don't know about you, but at some point, we have got to rid LinkedIn of all of these meaningless affirmations. How many times do you need to be told, be your best today? Do that many people wake up and think consciously, let me make it my worst day to day. Let me be my worst today. I just, I don't know. LinkedIn started morphing into Facebook a few years ago, and maybe because I've been spending too much time on it. I don't know. But one of the upsides to spending some time on LinkedIn is occasionally when you filter through all the pithy affirmations and the Steve Jobs quotes that we've all read 15 million times, you come across a great story like the one I came across the other day from a very small one-building credit union up in Wyoming, Michigan. Yes, I know they're both states, but there is a place called Wyoming, Michigan, and the credit union is called ATL Credit Union. Again, this is a a, a small ish credit union according to their CEO, but they came up with this big idea to help the local restaurants in their area. And one of the things we've talked about on this show many, many times, yes, history is. You can change with it or you can get changed by it. However, the one thing that never seems to go out of style, whether it's the invention of the telephone or the, the car or you know whatever, the internet, the technology revolution, is the tremendous enduring power of locality. Most of us wake up and we do business with brands when we're not ordering things on Amazon Prime. We do business with brands that are within a 10, 15, 20-mile radius of our homes. And so I'm watching this, and I thought, this is the coolest Thing. And I honestly had I, I would I don't ask people when they're coming on the show. There's no there's no hey you have to be a certain asset size you have to have a certain number of employees. And so today we're going to visit with the CEO of ATL Credit Union up in Michigan about this. It's a program to help support local restaurants, and all of us are are looking at the grim possibility that some of these wonderful little neighborhood restaurants may not get to reopen after all of this. And so as we are heading towards what I hope is the reopening of our great American marketplace, I thought it would be a good time to talk to somebody that you're not going to hear about on Fox Business News or whatever business news you might follow. The small credit unit, man, they came up with a big idea, and we're going to talk to their CEO, Robert Shane, and we're going to do it all right after this. Jason Dias, and for 10 years, you've been listening to the Power of Performance, conference quality information without the expense report. Yes, times 
slipping into the future. I really time. I hope it's not slipping away. Ooh, the incomparable seal with the cover of that great Steve Miller band song from 1976. And 20 years later, Seal covered it, and I liked it even better than the original, which doesn't always happen. So let's slip on up to Wyoming, Michigan, and ask Robert Shane how he's doing. I'm doing great. Thanks for having it me on the show, Jason. So good to have you on the show. Well, in Michigan, as we recorded the show on the 15th of April, what used to be tax day last year, everything has changed. In Michigan, you can buy a lottery ticket, you can buy legalized cannabis, but when you decide that it's time to go out and have 34 Taco Bell tacos, you want to sit down and enjoy a nice meal, you can't do that. You can't go out to your local favorite restaurant either. And so Robert's Credit Union came up with this great idea to support local restaurants in Wyoming, Michigan, and we asked him about it. Yeah, so thank you for asking about it. So um, just as a leader myself, I, um, I've always believed that during crisis, during challenges, during situations like this, I have always felt like um, credit unions need to be the ones who are kind of on the front lines helping people. And we're a small credit union, and we don't have a lot of money, and we still decided that we needed to do something. And so uh, we devised a plan to reward members who shop at local restaurants. So they go and they uh, buy food at local restaurants, and then they post using a, a form that we created. They post how much they spent, what restaurant that they were at, on our Facebook page and on their Facebook page, and it gives us an opportunity to reimburse up to 10 members a week, up to $50 for their purchase, and um, and we just, you know, we're hoping to do it for about eight weeks. Um, you know, we were going to uh, do um, less money than what we did. We were thinking about maybe doing $20 or $30, but honestly, I kind of have to give a shout out to Aloya uh, Corporate Credit Union. They did a grant program for credit unions uh, that were looking to find ways to reach their constituents with something and to try and help their local economies. And so because of a grant that we got from them, we were able to raise that amount up, actually. And so that's how we came to the $50. So, um, yeah, it's really exciting. It's a great opportunity for a small credit union like us to try and help Wyoming, Michigan. I told Robert that we've actually had a lawyer corporate on the show in the past, and then I asked him how have his team and his member owners adjusted to this new temporary normal? Yeah, that's a great question. I um, I just let the supervisory committee in the, the building actually today uh, because they needed to do their review, and the supervisory committee member goes, you know, I didn't even remember what the inside of this building looked like. I hadn't been in here in so long. And he was kidding, right? But, I mean, that's kind of how we all feel. It's, it's, it's shocking to think that basically five weeks ago, you could still walk into the credit union and, you know, do your transaction at a teller line, and um, everybody was kind of getting nervous about it. But um, to know where we're at now is it's kind of interesting, um, you know, to be trying to run everything through the drive-through and close loans by mail and um, and by having members sit in different offices and leave the paperwork on the table, um, it's just a really interesting world. My staff has been great. I mean, the folks here um, 
have been really fantastic. We operate with uh, three full-time employees, that includes me, and two part-time tellers. So wow. um, we, we have found a way to, you know, basically run a $12 million credit union with uh, just a, a really tight staff that is really good at helping each other and supporting one another. The board has been fantastic um, while we've been going through this. And, you know, somebody else who, you know, maybe all the listeners will turn the podcast off at this point, but the, <laughs> probably one of the most supportive groups of people um, during this time has been my regulator. Um, oh. You know, just a shout out to Mr. Kolar, who, uh, who's with the NCUA, and uh, he's just been very supportive, encouraging me to apply for grants if we need them, encouraging me to uh, just reach out to him if I need something. He's very prompt in his email replies. He's just been really great to work with. And so I, I have to, um, despite everyone's feeling, oh, no. I, I really need to give uh, NCUA a credit because uh, my examiner, at least, has been no. fantastic for us. Well, Robert made history on the show that we've been doing for 10 years. I think that might be the first time somebody said anything nice about the NCUA, but it's great that he's getting support from his examiner, and there's no logic in generalizations. There's probably a lot of great NCUA examiners like anything else. We always hear the bad stories about the NCUA, and I think we're all getting tired of bad news. I told Robert I'm getting sick and tired of waking up to bad headlines every day. I said there's going to be some good things that come out of the COVID-19 experience, and I asked Robert, from his perspective, as the CEO of a banking brand, what he thought some of those good things would be. You know, I love the idea of how life might slow down even for a little bit mm -hmm. right now. I love the idea that we are learning to appreciate really simple interactions um, with each other. We're, you know, I, I don't know about you, but the number of times that I have had to use all of my mental energy to resist offering to shake someone's hand after they, after they come into the credit union, you know, and after they do business with us, it requires a lot of work for me to remember that I am not supposed to shake those folks' hand. And I just, it reminds me again and again how much I appreciate social interaction, how much I appreciate um, the care and community of the people around me, and even at the credit union, you know, those the, you get those members that come in over and over and over again, and uh, and and that just isn't isn't here right now. Those are the kind of things that I I think will come out of this. I think we're going to be grateful for um, our relationships. I think we're going to be grateful for the people who really take the time to care and to listen to us and who really take the time to make an effort with us. Um, that's what I really hope uh, comes out of this. I was struck by the tremendous sincerity that I heard in Robert's voice when I spoke to him on and off the air about this. It is, it is just obvious he misses his member owners. He misses his audience coming in to the building each and every day, and I agree with him. I hope there is a renaissance, a renewed appreciation for those in-person transactions. A handshake sounds so demonstrably better right now than social distancing. And I told him the other thing that I hope that we – I've always worried that the generation that comes in to do those in-person transactions is often doing business with somebody who's much younger, maybe somebody that grew up with texts and tweets 
tweets and emoticons and may not have the same art of conversation that perhaps other generations have. And I asked him about that, too. It's interesting. Ten minutes before we had this conversation, Jason, I was talking to my uh, collector, and, uh, and she's of the generation that you're speaking of. And I like to think of that generation not necessarily as um, lacking in conversation always, but sometimes they just they seem to be able to have a conversation on different levels far faster than me is, is what my experience has been. No doubt. And sometimes, sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle. Sometimes we... Uh, you know, we kind of scoff at the thumbs up. And then at other times I think like, well, they really do care. Like, they, they, they really care about me. But with my collector who was just in the door, it's funny that you talk about this because I said to her, I said, she was just on a call with a member who was, you know, probably, you know, they were close to 180 days past due. And, um, and they finally called and they, she finally got him on the phone. And I said to her, I said, I said, Sarah, I said, you are a very sweet human being. And you should treat those folks that are that far past due with all the sweetness in the world. And we should be so grateful that they called back and that they're making mm-hmm. an effort and that they're looking for our help. And I just, if that, you're exactly right, Jason. I just encouraged her to take a moment and remind the member how much we care and how grateful we are that they are choosing to, to, to re-engage with us again. I'm, right. I am so grateful for it personally. Finally, I asked Robert, what has he learned as a CEO through this entire COVID-19 experience? Wow. You know, it's interesting. I've only been the, the CEO since uh, July of 2019. So I'm not, wow. I don't even have a year in yet as the Welcome as to the, the job. What a, what a great way to get <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, it's funny because. Did they, did they it, put that in your offer letter? Oh, by the way, as our yeah. CEO, you will be dealing with a global pandemic. You're near, you're <laughs> That's not. right. That's right. I don't even think I knew what the what what the uh, I don't even think I had even contemplated a pandemic short of the board game, uh, right, yes. you know, going into the, you know going into March. Um, I I think the thing that I've learned the most is that during this time we have to lean on each other as leaders. Mm. Um, I I can't say enough about Tom Gripe from Notre Dame Federal Credit Union or Kathy Ellis from Meyer Credit Union, or John Yeomans from Preferred Credit Union, the fact that um, they have all done everything that they can to help us out here at the credit union, offering staff, offering, wow. you know, investments of non-member deposits, you know, selling us loan pools. Um, they, they have just offered on so many different levels a willingness to kind of come around this small, tiny, one, you know, one office credit union. Um, I'm just so grateful for that, for them. And if there's anything that I've, that I'll learn from this and that I'll take from this is that, you know, credit unions are just so excellently positioned for times like this. Tom, uh, Tom from Notre Dame says it best when he says, you know, credit unions are the perfect marriage between nonprofit organizations and for-profit companies. They really are. They, they fill that gap. They stand in that gap. And during emergencies and crises, they really come alongside of their community 
and and figure out how they can help. And um, and I've experienced that firsthand just from other CEOs is that we don't have to be an island in this. We can wow. get through it together as long as we work together. I told Robert that when I saw the LinkedIn post about what his credit union was doing to help local restaurants. I had no idea it was a small credit union because it was such a big idea. And I just thought it was great what he was doing. And once again, I was just absolutely impressed both on and off the air with how sincere and how earnest he talked about his team and most of all, his member owners. And I thanked him so much for joining us on the show. Thank you so much, Jason. It was oh, great to be a great. part of it. Happy to do it. Great job. Yeah, great job. Well, as I mentioned earlier, I hope we are getting towards the end of this unprecedented economic shutdown. I think we're all eager to get back to taking care of our customers, clients, and member owners, and just getting back to normal, whatever that's going to mean. And in keeping with the theme of our show, The Power of Performance, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? We've got a second show available today. The link is in the episode description there. We've had a lot of great performances on our show over the past 10 years, and we also have a new performance to play uh, on that particular episode. It is Cole Stickley. He is the son of Jim Stickley, who many of y'all will recognize from Stickley on Security, well-known gentleman in the banking marketplace for all of his great work on cybersecurity and identity theft. He's an author, he's an inventor, and he's an investor. And uh, his son uh, is going to be one of the artists that we feature on that special episode of The Power of Performance, literally broadcasting great performances. So check that out. I think we all are, if you're like me, you're getting tired of just reading bad news after bad news after bad news. And so it was great to visit with Robert, and it's going to be great to revisit some of the great performances we've had on the program in the past, as well as the new one from young 15-year-old Cole Stickley. Thank you so much for listening to The Power of Performance. My name is Jason Dyer, and until next we speak, we'll talk to you all next week. Take care. It's like to be the rainmaker. I wonder what it's like to know that I made the rain.